The Marriage Project is a community organization that exists to educate a future generation while encouraging and inspiring hope for this one through the portrait of God's design for marriage. It is a collective of stories from couples spanning across the nation and globe to share with you the hope they have found in Jesus. This is a one-stop shop to hear how God has impacted each life here and to shine light and shed light on what our part is in his plan. Welcome back to another episode of the Marriage Project Podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Miller, and each month I'm joined by a new couple sharing their marriage story and testimonies. This month I am joined by Jared and Katrina McCain, who have been married for seven years, going on eight years. Uh, I saved one of Katrina's posts on Instagram a little while ago. I loved what she shared, her heart for marriage, and she recently shared about her newly released second book titled Seven Years of Love for the Woman Who Desires to Love well. Some of the chapters are titled Building Better Love, The Design for Marriage, The Right One, and Love Who He Loves. I'm so excited to not only have Katrina on, but her husband Jared as well, and just sharing parts of how they met, their marriage story. And so this is where I will let them say hello. And that was a very brief intro. So you guys can um, just give me a little bit more about who you are, where you're from, where you're living. I'm Jared McCain, and I am uh, from Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, it's a little little city, um, about an hour and a half north of Charlotte. Grew up there, um, went to school there, college there, and uh, met my wife there. So that was a special place in my heart. But now I, uh, well, we live in Charlotte, North Carolina, where Katrina's from. So uh, like, like we said before, we've been married for seven years going on eight and it's been a wonderful seven years you know the best seven years of my life i've enjoyed every day with her and i look forward to maybe doing another 70 or so um i'm katrina and yes i'm from charlotte i was in greensboro for a little bit for school and met jared there and then i finished my program moved back home to Charlotte and then we got married and I moved to Greensboro with him and we were there for five years for five years and mm-hmm. had two little girls up there and then we recently moved back to Charlotte two years ago um and you know just enjoying my marriage one day at a time learning a lot one minute at a time but we're growing in grace together for sure I love that I ha- yeah, I, I'm just thinking it's just, uh, yeah, like you said, a minute by minute thing. That's the consensus of what I hear people share too. That marriage, it's, it's, can be fun and it is beautiful, but it's a learning curve. It's a refinement thing. And so, um, before diving into your guys's story, I like to start on a fun note and just ask what your guys's go-to date night is. If you have one, mm. I know it's been maybe halted because of the last year. Things are not looking the same as they always have. But. Yeah. 2020, 2020 date night is really interesting. <laughs> uh, I think we're just starting to emerge back yeah. into that. So we've had a few consistent dates yeah. this year. Uh, before kids, we never planned. It was just really sporadic and fun. And But, but honestly, like the planning – I think surprisingly for me, because I'm I'm not a planner, but the planning date nights it brings anticipation. So I'm enjoying that, like putting it on the calendar and 
you know, having like days to look forward to and places to go. So I think for me, like I like, we love eating anything that involves food. And then he loves live music, mm. loves live. So if you if we could eat and have live music and it be outside, that's like a perfect date night. Jared, do you have anything? Is there an ideal date night that you like to take your wife on or? Yeah, I do. for me, um, yeah, it definitely involves food, like a dinner. Um, yeah. So we like to uh, try different different spots. Uh, we try to eat local, um, you know, little local spots. You know, uh, walks in a park. We do that uh, quite a bit. Nice, nice scenery around here. But just any time uh, spent together without kids is uh, is ideal <laughs> for me. <laughs> You're like, we can just sit on the couch and hang out. That's yeah. so fun. <laughs> well. Because the premise of this podcast is sharing testimonies behind matrimonies, I know this can be kind of a fully loaded question, but can you tell us a little bit about your life growing up, um, if you were raised in the church, or what your life looked like before knowing Christ, and then how you came to know Jesus as Lord and Savior? Sure, I, I can I can start off with that. So. Uh, and what you'll find our, our testimonies uh, before marriage uh, and even before Christ are, are totally different. Uh, but for me, um, yes, I was uh, brought up in the in the church, so to speak. Um, you know, I, I would go to church with my dad and my my grandmother. Um, uh, but as I got older, certainly in the, the high school ages, when I started uh, to not go to church. Um, you know, would not would not participate, and uh, that's when I sort of drifting away. Um, you know, and it sort of that ran all the way into college, and you know, I did I did the the whole college college thing where you know a lot of partying, a lot of a lot of drinking, and a lot of uh, things that I should not have been doing. Um, but you know, the whole time while I was doing those things and participating in those things, uh, I could hear. Or, in, or the the tug of the Lord at me, and uh, He certainly kept me, um, you know, through a lot of situations, um, you know, and and finally one day um, that tug just got a little too too much to 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 resist, and and decided to um, change my my life and to um, really start living living for the Lord and um, and turning away from from those things, and that's. Happened to be right. Happened to be right around the time I uh, I met Katrina, so uh, I think the timing was um, was perfect. It was certainly um, divine, and uh, and yeah. So it, you know, my life after Christ. Uh, again, you know, my wife, and my kids. It's it's you know, it hasn't been perfect, and, but I, I I can say that it's uh, it's been more enjoyable, uh, especially going going through tough times or. Uh, tough seasons, um, you know, knowing that uh, I can rely on the Lord and knowing that he, he's there with me makes it uh, a whole lot more bearable. Um, I, I grew up in church. Most of my parents are ministers. And um, yeah, I did not have a relationship with the Lord. I just had a lot of head knowledge. So I thought I was a Christian, but wasn't. And uh, when I started college, you know, I had my checklist of things I would not do and 
that was my Christianity. You know, I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't go there. <laughs> I'm a Christian, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I found myself, uh, in an opportunity to start modeling. And that was really exciting for a girl like me, who's just always very, very shy and always felt very overlooked and unseen. And, um, just, dived headfirst into the industry and started like my success started picking up and started traveling a lot, meeting all kinds of people. And I found myself trying to adapt to the new people in the new places that um, fashion took me. And so in that effort to make friends and recreate myself. I really started losing myself, started compromising a lot and just living a hypocritical life. Um, And it just brought me to a place where I started making bad decisions on my relationships and, you know, just knowing that like, this is not, this is not living for Christ, but then trying to make it fit for, you know, my sense of godliness, you know, just hypocrisy, really. And so the Lord brought me to a place where I had to acknowledge the fact that I was not a believer. I was not saved. I was not living for him at all. And that was a really hard truth for me to, number one, admit and then accept. And then it's like, okay, what do you do with this? Because you're not a Christian, um, though you've claimed that your entire life. And so had to give that to the Lord, you know, because it's like, Lord, I I do want to live for you. I do know that your way is the best way. I do know that my way um, is not pleasing and honoring to you, and it's not going to get me closer to you. And so um, he just started changing things, started moving people out of my life. I moved to Greensboro completely alone, not a friend in the world, you know, after working so hard to make all these friends, and I lost them all moved to Greensboro and he started replacing people with, um, you know, other girls who were desiring to live for him as well. And then just learning how to have authentic friendships led me to Jarrett. And so we developed a really nice friendship and I noticed, I noticed how, um, he, had a hunger for the Lord that I didn't recognize. Like I knew a lot about Lord. I knew a lot about scripture. I knew a lot about Bible, but I didn't know the Lord and seeing someone who knew nothing about scripture and nothing about the Bible and just seeing how genuine and authentic he was. Like it made me so curious and it drew me to him as a friend. But then that, allowed us to get to know each other. And then, you know, the Lord just started dropping nuggets in our hearts for one another. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I, I want to love the Lord like Jared does. Like, I want to love the Lord with a genuine heart like that. And so, you know, he, I guess on the surface, you, you know, you might make the mistake that, oh, well, you know, this church girl, Katrina, had so much influence on Jared. You know, that's not the case at all. It's actually opposite. He had such a spiritual influence on me to where it's like, yeah, on the outside, I might look like I have it all together. But on the inside, I didn't know what true relationship with the Lord meant. I didn't know what it meant to just, you know, be 
be, what's the word? Just be vulnerable with God. I didn't, I didn't know what that meant until I saw Jared living that out. And I saw him growing and it had nothing to do with what he knew. It had everything to do with his pursuit of Christ. And so that had such a big impact on me. And, you know, we just started growing in Christ together and then we started growing in love together and then we got married. <laughs> so that's how that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Jesus Jesus has been in the center of it all. Wow. You know, and like Garrett said, there it's not been perfect because I am a handful and I, I give him a run for his money. Yeah. So it's not been perfect at all, but you know, the love of Christ oh, is yeah. enough. It's just it's just enough and it just yeah. overflows. I think that's so really thankful. Yeah, I think the common misconception or one I even had growing up was that Christians claim perfection or have to do things Mm -hmm. because they're called to be good. And I'm like, that's literally the opposite. Uh, It's like, we know, or I, Mm -hmm. when I realized my sin for what it was, it was like, no, I'm actually sick and need a savior. And that's why I'm here. Like it was almost like church was like a hospital, like putting sick people back together, you know, like it was just the acknowledgement of needing help and needing him to be just my, yeah, that the substitutionary death that he um, died for everyone's sin, you know, it's that realization that, yeah, no, it's not that I'm perfect. It's that I'm very not perfect. (laughs) I'm I need his help. Yeah. So when you said that, it's like, no, we're not claiming perfection here either. Like in your marriage, you're not saying it's perfect. You're just saying we love the Lord and his grace covers us and he moves in our lives and he is with us. And that is really the premise of this too, to just share like, we need Jesus and him at the center of a marriage, especially like what that looks like. So I love that you shared that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's been an honor. Well, yeah. well, that was we have awesome. miles yeah, to go, that? but it's been yeah. what was that? I said we still have miles to go, but oh, it's been yeah. an hour thus far. Yeah, for the seven years <laughs> so far. Yeah, so I can't wait to get to that part. So you kind of alluded to how you met. It sounds like it was in college. Is that right? Or in well, he was done with college. Okay. Yeah, I was in Greensboro. So I, we both had graduated undergrad, but I was pursuing um, a certificate. Um, a post box. So I was, he was done and working and I was still in school. Yeah. Okay. So I was there for, I was there for a year, okay. a year and a half. Did you guys meet mm-hmm. through friends or how did that actually transpire? Like how did, where was the first like initial meet? Like where you saw each other for the first time? So we were actually both, um, part of, uh, of a church in, in Greensboro, um, where we met, uh, it was a it was a sort of a young young adults ministry um, type of church, very very small, um, but m- mostly everyone there was between the age of twenty and twenty five, really. <laughs> and so uh, that that's where we met. She was part of a group of friends, so she she, she was there at the church before me, you know. And then when I came along, um, you know, just got connected with with folks and. Um, you know, and got connected with the group of friends she was with, and we would all hang out together, and just sort of gravitated towards each other, and, uh, mm-hmm. and and just started started dating from there. Yeah, 
That's awesome. I That's like the ideal, I think, for me anyway. I'm like, I'm still single. A lot of people think I'm married, but I'm not. So I'm like, I think that would, it's just nice community where you can like kind of be yourself. There's other people around. It's not the pressure of like one-on-one yet. You kind of get to know each other's personalities in a group setting. And he saw me first. Huh? <laughs> yes. She didn't, she didn't pay me much attention at first. <laughs> so you had to put in a little work. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I love that. That's funny. Um, yeah. So was there hesitation, Katrina, a little bit? Or not really? It was just like you you had your your eyes on something else. Or just your focus was not on maybe dating it. But then you got to know. Yeah, something. no. It wasn't because even though I was there for school, like I still was pursuing fashion. Right. So I was in Greensboro, but I was probably in Atlanta, goodness, three weekends out of each month. Oh, wow. Um, so that, that early part. So I was I was still going to New York. I was still going to Atlanta. Mm. So when Jared came, he came, I think his first few visits, I wasn't even in town. And, um, so he had started meeting people and I was gone and, you know, came back and he was there and it was just like, you know, cause it was really small. So I was like, Oh, there's a new guy in church. And I'm like, where, where's the new guy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I saw him, but it wasn't, you know, I was just like, oh, okay, there he is. There's the new guy. But it's like, I'm going back to Atlanta in three days. So it's no big deal. Right. So I was just very busy between school and modeling. I was very, very busy, you know. Oh, yes. But I eventually had to start slowing down and and then we we connected once I slowed down. (laughs) That world can be pretty grueling too. I actually have my bachelor's degree in fashion merchandising and um, I do. Yeah, it was a very pivotal transitional point in my life where I decided to do photography as opposed to like being in the fashion world. But that just made me think. So it sounds like you went to Atlanta, you said in New York, this is off shooting, but that's just, so it's just a unique perspective on that. Like what, what actually made you pull away from that? Was there a time or do you still do modeling in a different capacity or was there just a time where you just felt like this is done, like this chapter is done in my life or how did that? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it started in, it started getting slow once we got married. Because I I ended up signing a, a smaller agency because I didn't want to travel as much. I think it was just really just natural occurrences of life, like life decisions. Like when you're married, you're not single. So you just don't get up and go whenever you want to. And then we had we got pregnant with our first daughter. And obviously that nine months of pregnancy kept me grounded. Um, and so... I had her, I think she was maybe nine months old when my contract ran out and I just never renewed it. So it wasn't something where I was like, I think it's time to walk away. It was just, you know, that gradual, it's just not really necessary. It's just not a necessary part of my life anymore. But then, yes, I still had my hands in it in terms of just connections and, and, and participating in directing shows. I started directing a show for three years and um, now I actually coach models on the side. So I think I'll always have like a toe in it because I do love it, but it's now become a way for me to pour into people as opposed to me being in the spotlight. 
So I'm definitely be, like behind the scenes now. And I like it better because it, it is a slower pace. I have more control of what I do and I'm still meeting people. And every now and then I'll even get an opportunity to share Jesus. You know, it's, it's not often, but every now and then, you know, someone might say something that opens up that door for me to like say, can I pray with you about that or something like that? So yeah, I look forward to those opportunities as well. Yeah. And Jared's very supportive, which I'm thankful for. So I'm so off topic, but we'll get back. We're about to talk about your book, but Jared, what do you do? <laughs> what is your... You said, what do I do? Yeah, I didn't get to that in the beginning. Okay. So I, uh, just out of curiosity. So I'm a, uh, no, no, I'm a, I'm a, a analyst or business analyst for um, uh, a retailer, a grocery retailer out here on the uh, on the East Coast. Pandemic. Been working from home okay. for about a year now. I'm going to be in the office, so it's been a challenge, but yeah, that's what I do. Can you guys both share um, what it has meant to love well with Christ at the center of your marriage? Because alluding to your the title of your second book, Katrina, um, something or words that are written for a spouse that is desiring to love their spouse well. And you mentioned it being a sophomore project, which the first, it sounds like the first book you wrote was countering this me first culture. So you guys not only have Christ at the center, but you're also on your best days, you're putting your, your spouse first. So how have you discovered what that's like in marriage? How has that transpired and how is it going against culture that I think sees marriage as I, I'm going to do this for me to make me happy, but that's completely not what the model of um, Christ-like love is. So how have you guys learned to love each other well in marriage, modeling after Christ's example? So uh, I'll preface this and say that uh, we can't say that, or at least for me, I, I live this out every day. <laughs> There's definitely some days where, where, where it's in me first, but um, you know, loving, loving Christ well in our marriage. Um, it's really about, um, putting, putting your, your, your spouse first, you know, um, you know, stole saying, you know, love, love is a, is, is, is a verb. It's something you, you do. Um, in Christ, he, he loved the church so much that he, he gave his life for it. And I was asked a question when we were dating, you know, when I, when I was expressing to folks that I would, uh, I had the desire to desire to marry Katrina. One of the questions that was posed to me is, you know, are you ready to die? And, you know, I, at first I really didn't know what that meant. And when, I, when you think about it, again, we're called as husbands to love our wife as Christ loved the church. And what did Christ do? He died for the church. And that also meant even when the church or, or, or people in general were, were abusing Christ and were spitting on him and, and beating him and, and even crucified him, he, he still loved. And, and, you know, that that's what I try to keep in the, in the, the forefront of my mind. You know, every day as I think about loving loving my wife, is even though um, things may not be going the, the way I think they should, or even though I feel slighted or abused not not physically, but but just just not things not going you know the the way I, I think they should. It's still putting putting her first um, because that's what we as husbands are are called to do is to again love in in spite of. Um, so. Again, it's not 
I can't say that I lived that out perfectly um, by any any stretch of the imagination or by any means, but uh, that's that's what I think about when I think about living well. Yeah, you know, our culture tells us that the right mate's going to supposed to make you feel great all the time. Um, they tell you that you you need to be looking for someone who's going to pour into you. And that's like top priority, you know, like take care of yourself, um, love yourself. Um, you know, you need to be with people who are going to love you the way you deserve. And all this. But the thing is, none of us deserve love at all, um, according to scripture, um, because we're all sinners and none of us deserve anything good from God. And so when you're looking at love, it's not it's not about like, I deserve this. So you need to treat me this way. You need to treat me the way I, I deserve to be treated. Really, it's the opposite. It's, you know, Christ has loved me though I don't deserve it. Therefore that just motivates me to love you um, as unto Christ. And so this isn't loving isn't about what I deserve or, you know, what's best for me. No, it's about what is best for the other person. I was reading this morning in Romans, I think it was um, nine chapter nine. It's talking about how love must be sincere and to love sincerely means it, like it, there's no strings attached to sincerity. So whether or not you're loving me the way I quote unquote deserve has nothing to do with me giving you Jesus, the love of Jesus. Um, and so what does that look like? It looks like when I'm tired, I still consider you. When I feel like you didn't notice something, you know, I still find ways to celebrate you. Um, that means on our good days and our bad days and our worst days, you know, I'm here. We're together. And yeah, we have to have this hard conversation sometimes. Sometimes there's a lot of um, confession and forgiveness that need to be exchanged. Um, sometimes we've got to point things out in one another. But then on the flip side of that, it's like, because I love you, I'm pouring into you. I'm not just waiting for you to pour into me. And so we're both just benefiting like emotionally and spiritually and we're growing. And then that just makes the beautiful times just that much more beautiful. Um, because sincerity is something that is given, you know, regardless of the season that you're currently in. In your book, Katrina, that was, I'm sure, just a long process. And Jarrett, I'm sure you had to <laughs> take some daughter duties. I don't know how that looked in your household. Was that just a whole season too, I'm sure, Katrina? Oh, yeah. When we first got married, like, I was like, you're not doing any of this right. <laughs> like, like, this is not how this is supposed to work. <laughs> I'm just very, um, very selfish and, and immature and clueless. And you know, it's funny, like, I'm a big reader. Um, and so we read like all these books, like all these like, marital but I think we read like three or four uh -huh. and then I might have read two more on my own before we got married so it's just like oh yeah we got this you know and then we go to premarital counseling it's like oh yeah this is great and uh, you know you go to the honeymoon and you come home and like you're married for three months and it's just like <sighs> I just thought like where's the mariachi bands like like <laughs> you know what I mean where are all the surprises and the glitter and where's all that you know yeah. and um I had to realize like, okay, but this marriage isn't about me. Mm -hmm. This marriage isn't about me having a good time and him fulfilling all of my like unrealistic expectations. 
Like this marriage is about us, like walking together in the love of Christ. And so I learned that, you know, yeah, I do. I do want him to surprise me with the chocolates and the unplanned trips and all that sort of thing. But what am I doing to pour into him? You know, am I, am I studying him to know what gets him excited and what inspires him? And am I being intentional about providing those things for him? Am I being patient with him and giving him grace? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in times where he falls short or he missteps, just like I always expect him to give me grace, you know? So really learning what the love of Christ looks like. And it doesn't look emotional at all. This has nothing to do with my feelings. It has nothing to do with my emotions. It has everything to do with my resolve to love him the way Christ loves me. And so, yeah, I am definitely learning for sure. Oh gosh. Yeah. We just so like our ways and even just how we're brought up, things like that even come into a marriage, just too, it's like a blending, like putting things together in a blender and it's just can be loud and messy. I'm sure just like when you put smoothie ingredients in a smoothie, you know, it comes out great, but the process of it, <laughs> like your second book, I should say, was written to cheer the married on and the engaged couple or the hope to be married. So it pretty much covers most everybody and celebrate love through scripture, looking through the lens of scripture and then telling real stories within that. And I just wanted to know, is there a real story that you could take from your book that you go, you guys could both share on like a his and her telling of that story really briefly. I just was curious what those real stories looked like within your book. Oh yeah. Okay. There was a story in my book. Okay, there's here's a good one. So Jarrett is a very quiet guy. Um, you know, unless he's talking about, you know, a topic that he's really passionate about. But for the most part, he's a listener. Yeah. And so when he when he does like want to have a sit down talk with me, I'm like all ears. So I'm like, yeah, okay. Because I know it's important. And so there was a, a day where he was just like, I want to go back to school and get my master's. And I was like, great. Like, this is awesome. Let's do it. You know? And when he, when he shared it with me, I'm thinking like, like today, like we're going to get online. We're going to start applying today. Well, weeks went by and months went by and, you know, I'm thinking I'm being encouraging and I'm like, Hey, have you turned in your applications yet? Like, no, 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 no. And I, I got really confused and frustrated because I'm just like, well, you said you wanted to do this and you know, it's my job to like cheer you on and encourage you. And I, I didn't realize I was coming across very, like, would you say, like, I, you feel like I was nagging you about it? A little, little nagging. <laughs> I felt like I was nagging him. But I thought I was encouraging him, you know? And I'm just like, well, you said you wanted to do this, and I want to help you do this. So, like, let's go. Like, what's, what are you waiting on? And I and it just got to the point where we started arguing about it. Mm. And it got to the point where it became a very sensitive and frustrating topic. Um. I had just had our first daughter. And so, you know, I I did feel very overwhelmed and I felt like we just weren't connecting like we used to. And I felt like, I just felt like he was, honestly, I thought he was just being lazy. I was just like, you know, you said you want to do this, so let's do it. And he wouldn't do it. And I just couldn't understand. I remember talking to my mom about it one day and I wrote this in the book and I was like, mom, like he won't move. Like, you know, I'm not trying to force him to do something that he doesn't want to do. This is something he wants to do. I really believe in him. 
I really feel like he will soar. He'll, he'll be so successful. I, I know he will. So why won't he do a good thing? And I remember my mom just like, she just listened and I started crying as I typically do. And I was just, you know, just really, really just griping about it. Um, frustrated with him, you know, like, you know, he, 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 he kind of a thing. And she just listened. And then she goes, <laughs> she says, you know, Trina, only God can make Jared see what Jared can't see. And she's like, you can bring it up all day, every day. But that is not going to make him do what you think he needs to do. That's between he and God. And your role in this isn't to push him, but to pray for him. You pray that the Lord touch his heart to accomplish the goals that the Lord put in his heart. It is not your business to make it happen. And I was just like, 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 wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. And it was there when I, where I, when I realized I was, I was bothering him. <laughs> I didn't realize that before. And so then what I started doing was we just stopped talking about it. We just stopped talking about it. And, you know, it just happened, not just happened, but, you know, the Lord ordered his steps. He ended up applying to my joy and delight, got accepted. And then his company, he had worked enough to where his company um, provided some um, scholarship money. So it was all God's timing. Um, And so what I learned in that is that, you know, Sometimes as a wife, you might see beyond the moment for your husband, but it's not our job to push him into the moment that we see for him. It's it's our job to pray so that the Lord can prepare their hearts for his season, his timing for them. Um, and so that was such a huge lesson for me as a wife and just as a child of God, like prayer moves. I can't move. I can't change him, but prayer can do that, um, according to God's will for us. Yeah. And, and just from, from my perspective on that, yes, I, I did feel a little nagged and pushed, um, for something that, you know, I felt like at the time I wasn't quite ready to do and prepared to do, you know, when I, I shared that with her initially, you know, it was just something that, you know, I'd, I'd been thinking about, uh, to her point, it wasn't that day or that, that weekend, but I, I do appreciate it. She did push me. Um, and, you know, it, it did bring light to the fact that she does see things in me that I, that I don't see and, you know, and pushes me and it encourages me. So for that, I, I, I am grateful. Um, you know, I do believe that it was a combination of, of that and obviously her, her praying. And then, of course, the Lord di- directing everything as well. Um, but I, I certainly do, um, looking back, I do appreciate the, the pushing and the, and the nudging, uh, even though it was, it was uncomfortable at the moment and, you know, it was something that I wasn't ready to do. Uh, I believe that like the proverb says, who, who finds a wife, um, finds a, a good thing and obtains favor. I think it was good that she, that she nagged me and, and pushed me. So, um, we, we made it through that, that season and, um, and we're, we're both both, I believe, better better for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have an MBA, which I'm super proud of. Yeah. I'm so proud of it. Yeah, his accomplishments. So I knew you could do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was, probably, was it rigorous, Jarrett? That sounds like it was probably intense a little bit, or did you enjoy it? Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, 
Yeah, I did enjoy it. You know, uh, I enjoy learning. So yeah, I, I, the process was was pretty good. Looking back, it, w- it wasn't as bad as what I thought it would be. What is it in? What is it? The specializing in? Oh, it was MBA, so Master's of Business Administration. Oh, MBA. Gotcha. You did say that, Katrina. I think I heard you say that. So we're almost to the end, but I just I love that you guys put a Q and A together. Is that right? That you did some sort of was it a recording or was it a PDF type style um, that you guys did that? Yeah, I I released some questions to my email mailing list, like people who have subscribed to my website. And so they just asked questions. And I honestly didn't answer it then. I waited till the book to answer. So, so yeah, so I just took a quest. I took a few of the questions that they submitted. And then Jarrett and I kind of like wrote our answers down. When I was writing the book, we compiled our answers and kind of edited them down. Um, and then that's how they ended up in the book. Yeah, I just thought that would be a nice little addition, something to just kind of get more of a, of a sense of who we are as individual people in our marriage. Yeah, I love that because it is focusing on that. Um, was there something that God just put on your heart to write that book? And then what's the title of your first book, Katrina? Uh, yeah, so the title of my first book is Beyond Being Good, Seeking Christ's Perfection for Our Imperfect Hearts. Mm. And I love what you said in the beginning about how Christianity is not about perfection. Um, because I will tell you, I since I wrote that book, I wrote that book almost three years ago, and I've you know I've, I've had a chance to speak on it, um, do book signings, and there have been so many times where it's been introduced as you know, if you're if you're dealing with perfectionism, this is the book for you. And I'm like, no, it's not. Because <laughs> this book isn't about someone who's striving for perfection. This book was written for the girl who knows she's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wrote the book before, um, you know, early on in my marriage, I, I was still, you know, coming into myself as an individual person. Um, like learning who I really am and learning who God really is and how much he loves me in spite of myself. And so my first book is very much about how none of us are perfect. And you know what? We never, ever will be this side of heaven. Um, But that does not disqualify us from the perfect love of God. And so just, you know, tackling those doubts, tackling a lot of guilt, tackling shame, Tackling a lot of lies and deception that tends to follow us, telling us that, you know, what's the point or, you know, you were doing so good at first. What happened to you? You know, those sorts of things that just echo in the back of our head sometimes. There's just I just there's just God put so many scriptures on my heart for myself. And I just poured those scriptures Mm. into that book for others to encourage them, to edify them and to just cheer you on like I don't care what you did yesterday his mercies are new every morning mm-hmm. so we're gonna try it again <laughs> you know what I mean we're gonna try it again knowing that by the end of this day you're gonna fall again but guess what his oh, mercies yeah. are new tomorrow too so um so that's beyond being good talk a little bit about the single life talk about marriage life talk about dating life talk about friendships talk about, you know, personal growth and accountability, talk about truth and fear, just a lot of life stuff 
is what's going on in my first book. And my second book was not really intentional. It was kind of like a, you know, think I want to start brainstorming, possibly writing an article to submit for publication. And I just, the words just stop, wouldn't stop coming. So the article turned into a book. Um, and, you know, I do have some friends that are in marriages that aren't Christ-centered. And I do have friends who are just really, really desiring the gift of marriage and having conversations with those women, um, as well as women who do have a very Christ-centered marriage. But just having those conversations and just, you know, being the Lord putting me in a place where I, I do give advice to people who are seeking advice. And it's like, you know, these things that you're so caught up in, that that is not marriage. <laughs> that is that is Netflix. That is not marriage. So, you know what I mean? Like, like Lord, help us. Because it's so many people just like Jared. They're not coming from a home where they're seeing a husband interacting with the wife. You know, there, so many people are coming from, you know, sometimes their parents aren't married at all. Sometimes they, you know, there's divorce or there's, there's death. Um, so th- a lot of people uh, just don't have that, that Christ-centered marriage modeled in front of them day after day after the day of, of their lives. And so where do they turn to? Well, they turn to media and they turn to books and they turn to movies and music and you know, a lot of that is very misleading um, and in the sight of scripture. And so it's like, all right, I want to pour into people who desire the blessings of God, um, but might not have that modeled in front of them on a daily basis. Mm. Not because I'm just the epitome of this is this is the standard. It's not that at all, but just from my growth, from my ups and downs, what has scripture taught me that I could pass on to other people? Um, because I'm certainly always learning and I'm always growing because I'm always messing up. <laughs> always. Um, and so, you know, tackling that whole idea that like, you know, I, I you know, I want to get married because he makes me happy. Okay. What happens on the days when he doesn't make you happy? What happens to the love then? Is it contingent only on how this other person is making you feel? Because if that's the case, you're not going to have a lot of longevity in that relationship, you know? And so breaking down, like, what is covenant? Breaking down, what is God's covenant to me? And then how does that translate in my covenant with this other person? You know, and so talking about communication, being honest, right? Because, you know, the world doesn't teach us to be honest in our relationships. World teaches us our best face forward, which tends to be a false face. And so, if I am loving this person, I need to be able to reveal all of me to this person and then have the grace for the other person to reveal all of him to me. And what does that kind of vulnerability and transparency look like on a day to day basis? Um, you know, on the surface as well as in intimacy. So we talk about that, um, talk about how to deal with people that are attached to the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Because unfortunately, 
you love him, but they're not obligated to love you back. So right. how do you deal with or not you know, conflict? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with conflict in a gracious way that is still loving, you know? Um, how do you deal with your, your different communication styles, you know? Um, growing with each other, knowing that the person I am today was not the person I was seven years ago. So how do we keep up with each other's changes? Um, celebrating one another, cheering each other on, and sex. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a big one. Just talking about all the good stuff, you know, all that good stuff. But, you know, that love requires sacrifice as well. And so sometimes, you know, you do have to sacrifice, but it's never a loss, you know. Um, it's always a game. So that's what this book is about. Oh, wow. And I, I share some personal things sprinkled in there too. That's so, oh my goodness. I could listen to you talk all day, Katrina. <laughs> I'm not flattering. That's just, <laughs> well, thank you. That so good. <laughs> well, I so love talking. And honestly, that's why I write because I thought someone was like, why? so why do you write? And I said, because I can't have coffee with everybody in the world. That's why. <laughs> so it's like when I write, you know, I might not ever, ever meet you, but at least you get a sense of my heart and you get a sense that, you know, I really do believe that anybody can live a very authentic and fruitful life for Jesus. I'm like, I'm just cheering everybody on. That's why I write because, you know, I just want to be that friend. Um, I just want to be that friend. So. That's my heart behind my writing. Yeah, I love that so much. I feel like we just got a glimpse of your heart too, sharing all that. And I would love to point um, listeners to where they can find you. I don't know if we lost Jared because I know he had to take a work call, but um, yeah, he had it. I was going to say bye, but um, tell him (laughs) I said bye. But yeah, so where can listeners find your book, purchase the books, um, and find that fun Q and A that you and Jared did together? Oh, yeah. Okay. So both of my books are on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Um, my first book is also on christianbook.com. Mm, and then I reside on Instagram only. <laughs> I, that's the only, I, I can't, I don't have the capacity for any more social media other than Instagram. So I'm on Instagram and it's just underscore Katrina, Katrina underscore. And yeah, I share scriptures like every single day. And then I sprinkle in like, you know, my kids and date night and that kind of a thing. But you have a website as well, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. It's just KatrinaMcCain.com. Perfect. You have words there too on your blog and more writing and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, I do. And yeah, so it's a way to to reach out and connect with me, shoot me an email and we'll definitely chit chat because I do. That's what I do. I talk. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. That just, it is, it's such a way to just, like you said, extend your heart out to many more than you could reach by sitting Mm -hmm. on one. So that's yeah, so sweet. And I'm so blessed by you guys and just being able to have a little insight into your um, what you're saying is imperfect marriage, but that's what it is. We are imperfect people um, banking on Jesus' perfect love for us. I just love how you shared that. Thank you so much. Thank, well, thank you. you.
be sure to follow on Instagram at The Marriage Project Co. Or check out the website www.themarriageproject.co to see all the photos that accompany each testimony behind each matrimony. And be sure to subscribe for the community newsletter to get each episode sent directly to your inbox.